When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. We're down one man because he was banished for how terrible his pick was last week, but we still love him deep down. I'm Matt, and Scott was originally attached to my side, but I had him surgically removed, and today we're talking about Basket Case from 1982, as picked by me. Holy shit, 82. Um, <laughs> it's as old as us. Well, not as old as me. It's as old as you, you old, old man. Um uh, <laughs> So I am the one who picked Basket Case, as we said earlier in this month. Each episode this we this month for Halloween is picked by one of us. Uh, I had a tough time picking the movie that I wanted to go with, but I settled on and Basket then, Case. And then went with this. And then I went with <laughs> Basket Case. Um, I love this movie. I love this franchise. This trilogy is one of my favorite horror trilogies. And that is a really depressing thing to realize that I've just said out loud. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know... I wouldn't have, if somebody would have quizzed me on what your favorite horror um, franchise was. I probably wouldn't have picked uh, Basket Case, but it really makes absolute sense because I know you pretty well. I mean, maybe just a little yeah. bit. Well, I but, don't even uh, like this one that like I don't even like the original that much. I actually like Basket Case because of the two. sequel. Yeah, Basket Case like Two I think is best. amazing, but I feel like I do want us to discuss Basket Case Two one of these days. But I feel like. You really need to see the first one in order to appreciate what happens in the second one. So don't be a, don't be shocked when like you know maybe a year from now we're talking about Basket Case too. But this is an important step. Continue your excitement for a year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. So um, 
was it, this wasn't the first time you've seen this movie, right? Oh no, I've seen this movie like six times. Yeah, so against my better judgment. So, what's your memory of this? Because I remember renting this movie because my mom had mentioned it, um, and she had mentioned it because a family friend of ours, this dude Tommy, who was like this really weird guy that wasn't a relative; he was just like a family friend. Can I ask uh, you a question about Tommy, though? Sure. Does he play a mean pinball? No, he does not play a mean pinball. You fucking jackass. Uh, so, so like, t- Tommy. Uh, Tommy was always one of my like. I called him Uncle Tommy because he was, you know, I've known him since I was a kid, and I guess they it, did, family did he make you sit in his lap and yeah. Um... No, but you know, what I mean, like, you know how it is. Like, if you're a kid, even like your your parents' friends just kind of sort of become uncles in a weird way. Oh yeah. So oh, even no, even somebody that's five years older than you might even become. Your uncle. It's it's so weird when you're like seven. Exactly. So like, so Uncle Tommy was a stand-up comedian in Philly, and I apparently he dated my mom for a little bit before my dad met my mom. But they That's just always heard. they always became like really good friends because he was like a friend of my mom's family or whatever. So we always loved hanging out with Uncle Tommy. And she told me that like one time when they were on a date, he just kept talking to her about this movie that he had just seen called Basket Case, and how it was one of the <laughs> how it was one of the funniest movies he had ever seen. And like she was like, I had no interest in ever seeing it, but she mentioned it to me at least once. And then I saw the VHS at the video store, and it was one of the video stores that wouldn't really care if a kid was renting an R R horror film, so I just rented it, and. uh I didn't get what the hoopla was about, but I still wanted to see part two. And then part two, I was like, oh, I get it now. Like, So um, I do actually have a pretty solid breakdown of this plot line. So we're going to – you ready to rock through this? But wait, you, you were going to ask me about oh, yeah, my yeah. first experience with sorry, the movie. Sorry, I'm a very selfish lover. Uh, what, was your <laughs> first, what was your first experience seeing Basket Case? Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, so I, I – actually avoided this film until about i don't know 2008 okay i I just had no interest and also there wasn't a copy at the video store when i was in high school um for for any noobs that don't that haven't gone through all 70 episodes of this show plus the three years we did reddit horror club before that i may have mentioned once or twice that in high school i had the dream job which is working in a video store and uh, and I also watched a shit ton of videos in in like VHS tapes in uh, in high school because um, they would do a three for uh, three for three three movies three days three dollars um, and so I would like load up Friday night and I'd watch like two Friday night one Saturday night or something like that because I was kind of a recluse anyway uh, so I, they didn't have a copy of Basket Case so it never I mean this was pre internet well I mean it was pre current internet so i didn't really know what it was and then as the internet expanded and i became part of the you know like horror online groups and stuff like that i heard about it and just never found a copy until uh maybe i torrented it or something i don't know but i watched it and i was so underwhelmed yeah i, I was so underwhelmed and then i watched the sequel and i was like eh, it's a little better and then I watched part three because you told me to watch part three. Is that the one with the, the, the bus song? Yes. Oh, my God. That movie's terrible except for the bus song and the the, the kills in the police station. They're like yeah. the only reasons to watch that movie. Well, uh, to be fair, it's still kind of garbage all around. I do like – the my favorite part of part three is actually a character. And it's 
the one character that's got the gigantic buck teeth and big ears, and he has like I I, I believe that he he's they're having a picnic and he's just eating a hot dog bun with mustard in it. There's <laughs> <laughs> like no no hot dog, and for some reason that stuck with me. It just makes me laugh because he's just like oh, he's got like no 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 meat in his bun, which is kind of an allegory for pretty much anybody in these movies. Um, so so uh, yeah, the. <clears throat> I don't particularly like the Basket Case franchise, although I do appreciate um, all the all the practical effects because even Basket Case One, I'm sure, it was a shoestring bu- budget and it doesn't hold up at no, all. No, but and we'll get charming. to that because there is some. Yeah, there's a quote from my brother who watched this with me that I am looking forward to getting to repeat. Uh, so the movie follows Dwayne who arrives in New York, and he's got a basket in tow. And everybody is asking him, what's in the basket? It's the catchphrase of the uh, of the trailer, really. And he is visiting a doctor, and uh, he falls in love with the doctor's receptionist. And then Who's she, wearing an awful wig. <laughs> terrible wig. Uh, and then he, uh, the doctor is then attacked by what looks like a flesh-covered basketball. And... <laughs> I guess that's the nice way to put it. Yeah. That's the nicest way to put it. Uh, so the meeting of the receptionist is like, like you know how you talk about my love of uh, manic pixie dream yeah. girls. She is. She's one. Yeah. She, she is one of the worst ones I've ever seen because it starts off with her talking about she's doing her impression of the noises that the typewriter is making. Yes. She's like it's making like a hey 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 noise. And you're like what is up with this chick? <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me stop you here. My note: the doctor's receptionist is sixty percent wig, twenty percent mouse mouse impressions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't think I have any other notes that are going to trump that note, but I'll try. But like, it's well because the whole thing is that she is she mistakes him as a uh, guy who's going to repair the computer because he has a basket. No. Not gonna compare. She's gonna, he's gonna repair the typewriter because there were no fucking computers in a doctor's office in 1982, which just boggles my mind. But it's true. Yeah. No, there was not. Um, so they start to go on a date after this first which doctor's kill. Awful. Oh, it's awful terrible. Date. It's it's definitely a date on a shoestring film budget where it's like we're just gonna shoot them outside of a famous location and they're gonna be like, wow, that was fun when we went in that famous location. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I I didn't even think about that, but really, I was more focused. I was like really fixated on how shitty of a kisser Dwayne is. I was like, man, that's bad. I was like, maybe that's why Matt like this movie. Well, so it's much. his first kiss, clearly. Um, so Matt, is that what is that what kind of kisser you are? I just smashed my face against theirs. Yeah, that's how kissing works. I thought. Um, <laughs> so this leads to. The moment where you decide if this is a movie that you like or don't like, and that is the claymation apartment sequence, which is so phenomenally bad. Like the the change between the claymation stuff and the live action stuff is so jarring, and it's hilarious. Like the there's these shots where it's like this terribly shitty CG or uh, claymation character waddling across the floor. 
picks up a lamp, throws the lamp, and then it just cuts real quick to, like, an actual lamp smash against the wall, and then right back to, like, the <laughs> shitty claymation. We have to point out, though, that Frank Henenlotter did Frankenhooker, which we did a couple months ago now, I guess. And he and, did Brain Damage, which is his masterpiece. Like Right, right. Brain Damage is the best of the Frank Henenlotter films, but Frankenhooker is a very close second. And I want to say that because we can go back to that episode. There's a part where I think Adam says the same thing where it's a really bad cut no it's you it's when they go from like oh i'm so hot after they smoke the crack all the hookers smoke the crack yeah and then they explode and he's you're like man most of these cuts are awful except for one of them yeah yeah that was me that was definitely me (laughs) did you pick that movie too no that was a fan submitted one all right all right that was a good fan whoever you are listening that frankenhooker good shit I'm house sitting right now, and Frank Frank and Hooker's on my pile of things I'm going to watch while I'm at this house for the next week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's this amazing claymation apartment sequence, um, and then I think I missed a bunch of notes because eventually I'm just at drinking at the bar, and I'm pretty sure he kills some more doctors before that happens. But um, <laughs> so- uh, well, wait, 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 wait. Um, so we're missing a couple things here. Um, the 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 very beginning when Dwayne. Is just walking. I mean, it's just so scummy. Like Frank Henenlotter really touches. If nothing else, he touches on how scummy most of New York was and may still be. Um, and, and I love that. I appreciate him for that. I don't particularly like his films because they show me that dark underbelly where everybody's kind of sleazy. But there's definitely a market for it. Um, but. You, you, you kind of get the first taste of it where Dwayne's walking down the street with his ginormous basket under his arm and um, there's a guy that comes up to him and is offering him this litany of drugs. And I'm like, that is New York. Well, see, straight New York. This is the craziest thing about that scene because I had like a holy shit moment when that happened. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with a rapper named Sage Francis, mm-hmm. but uh, he's, he's a really dope dope rapper uh white guy white fat dude uh who is a vegan straight edge hip-hop artist and well uh, he's got, he's two out of three all yeah. right <laughs> he uh so he has a um a song called going back to rehab about visiting his brother in rehab and the opening to the song is not a clip from basket case of that guy going down the list of drugs but him reading that list from that scene and I never realized that that's what the list was from until I was watching Basket Case and heard the whole list. And I'm like, holy shit, that is word for word the list that Sage Francis does in the beginning of Going Back to Rehab, which means that he is also a fan of Basket Case. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you've got to meet that guy. Yeah, seriously. Um, side note, check out the song Going Back to Rehab. It's awesome. Uh, so, um, yeah. Oh, wait, so so then he gets to the hotel and – I mean. It, Frank Henenlotter has a great sense of humor. Like, he doesn't have a whole lot of money to put in his movies, but he's got a great sense of humor because the the guy behind the, the door, or the guy that, uh, I guess he's the hotel manager, is like, he points at the sign and says, no junkies, or yeah. something like that. Or he's like, I got no no junkies. And I, and I had to add, like, no junkies or bad actors. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody's a great actor in this movie. But, um, you know, I really, I never really like Dwayne watching these films, but I really remember why I dislike him when I watched the beginning of this movie because he feeds all these 
plain hamburgers, which is the first offense <laughs> to Belial. He just feeds him plain hamburgers, and then he eats like a hamburger himself, and then wipes his hands on the bed. What the fuck? <laughs> Who does that? Uh, man, you get peeved over easy things. Uh, <laughs> well, see, the thing that I love about the first Basket Case is it's one of those movies where you can tell how many shots are stolen. Like, this movie is like 90% stolen shots, where it's like, all right, we're not going to pay for any any uh, paperwork that says we can shoot in New York. We're just going to fucking shoot in New York and just shoot from a really far away distance so that people don't realize what's going on. Um so there's a scene that I made a note of it where they're drinking at the bar and he's getting drunk uh, with with the like I guess she's kind of a hooker or she's absolutely a, uh, a prostitute yeah 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 the prostitute that prostitute lives prostitute with the heart of gold though yeah a regular Julia Roberts there um, <laughs> he's he's chatting with her at the bar and he has this laugh while he's at the bar I just wrote drinking at the bar that laugh because it's so over the top where he's just like you know in the basket. Is my brother? <laughs> yeah, he's just ahead. <laughs> like, and it's just like, and like, and like, it's this full body convulsion as there. It is so absurd, and it's like five minutes of him doing exposition while throwing in these long laughs in between everything, uh, and then it leads to the flashback. And oh, you're right. I thought that you were way ahead, and you're you're absolutely right. I, I think that that must be the half an hour mark because they go they go into like a 20 minute thing about what happened, which was yeah. I don't know. It kind of it kind of kills a little bit of the fun and the the pacing of this film, which I guess it's Frank Hanna We don't really have to worry about pacing, but yeah. um, but you know, I, I I remember that, and I was like, I remember watching that every time I watched this, being like. Oh, this part again? Yeah. So they do the flashback, uh, which does have one scene that I like in which they cut their dad in half. Uh, yes. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, dude, I think that I have notes from earlier on. Oh, go that, for it. Go for it. Well, no, no, no. It's, it's okay. We're kind of not following the... The, the regular structure? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I had... Yeah. Uh, it seems like a lot of work to cut your dad in half. Yeah. Like yeah, they, they, they they went through the trouble of finding he went through the trouble of finding Belial, and then helping Belial because Belial is, you're right he's a he's a head with one and a half arms, and so he's got to probably move like pick him up move him around and and like Belial's like telepathically like yeah yeah move the saw over here add some more spikes yeah. like what are those spikes what's that rake gonna do nothing it cuts the dead in half it's not like he's gonna add anything to the the, the effect. Well, and then don't they say like they the she's like I convinced the police officers that it was an accident. accident. <laughs> like, like, yes, he just accidentally built a thing that cut him in half. Like, oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. Uh, and the sound design on the surgery is so uncomfortable. Like when they're when they're cutting Belial off of Dwayne, it is like the sound of someone ripping cardboard. Like it is the most disgusting sound for them, like piercing the flesh and cutting. Uh, but yeah, did you you realize that Steve Buscemi is the hungry doctor, right? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Well, I I called him hungry doctor because I didn't really care to catch his name. I've never caught his name. And I don't, he's just the one who's like stuffing his face. It's the one that has the receptionist that, that, that Dwayne falls for. But, uh, He's this—he's hungry doctor, 
And then we got Kmart Sigourney Weaver as Milfy Doctor. Yes, that is 100%. You nailed it. Kmart Sigourney <laughs> Weaver is totally who that actress is. Um, so there's two notes that I have left that are both actually I have to I have to give the credit to my brother on these for pointing these out. But the first one is that he pointed out that the uh, office manager or the office manager, the uh, the hotel manager is uh, he said John Belushi playing Mario Mario. (laughs) And he he goes, I could watch that dude run up and down those stairs angrily for hours (laughs) because that's all that that actor's job is throughout the whole movie is just to angrily storm up and down. Yeah, we also probably was the saxy saxophone player because apparently that is a classy joint because they have a, a saxophone player at four at the morning, four in the morning, just working it. Yes. I don't know if you noticed that. So the other thing, the other thing is he's sitting there and he's like, "This movie offends me on how terrible it is," and I'm like, <laughs> "Your brother?" Yeah, my brother says that. I go, "That takes a lot." Yeah, I go, "Why?" He goes, "Because they are so proud of their puppet." He's like. You know, like, Jaws didn't show the shark all day because they knew the shark looked like shit. This movie shows this... Wait, what was the exact quote? If this was Jaws and you saw the brother a few times, that would be one thing. But they show it a lot. Like, they're super proud of this thing. You're right. They absolutely... Or your brother's right. They absolutely were unnecessarily proud about (laughs) how, how mediocre Belial looks. So, does Belial... Here, let me ask you this. I know that a couple weeks ago... When you and I were riffing for like ever in the outro, um, I said, send us some hypotheticals. I've got a hypothetical for you. So Belial subsists on shitty hot dogs and hamburgers that probably come from the greasiest greasy spoons in 1982 New York that could ever have occurred. It's like, you know, in Blood Feast, that other guy who's continuously wiping his hands on a dirty dish rag. Yeah. Or or the the half Italian dude who's smoking a cigarette at the pizza place at the beginning of Chopping Mall and wiping his spatula on his chest. Yeah. It's like those two worst places yeah. turned into one hot dog hamburger joint that Dwayne goes to for three meals a day. And that's all that that's all Belial eats. So do you think Belial has an anus? If so, so that's question one. Question two, do you think that he just has liquid shit all the time? <laughs> Question three, if he has liquid shit, where does it go? Because when you look into that that basket, you don't see any. So I'm going to answer all of those this way. Yes, I think he does. I definitely think it's liquidy. And he hid himself in a toilet so he knows how to use one. (laughs) Okay. but, But then, okay, so does he flush twice? So he has to flush one to get all the shit down. And then he has to flush a second time, so it's like a bidet for his, his weird body that's half anus. With his weird body that's half anus, and he clearly has a penis because he's able to rape a woman in this movie. Oh my god, no, that is not a rape, okay? He does not have a penis. Oh my god, I had to talk about that part for sure. Thank you for bringing up that. Okay, that, I think, right there is the reason I dislike this movie. I mean, I'll, okay, maybe not dislike. Let me let me calm down. I know I'm hyperventilating a little bit because <laughs> Hanalotta does that to me. So... Uh, I don't dislike this movie, but it makes me feel real weird and gross. And it has everything to do with that scene. Um, I don't think that he is literally having sex with the receptionist's dead body. Although I wouldn't put it past Hanelotter to be like, yeah, that was my intention as he smokes like a fat stogie. Yeah. So that's how I see him. Um, 
I think that he was emulating fucking her dead body because he like ripped her open because he's got blood all over his like lower half when Dwayne comes in and it's like, she was good. That's the worst part of this movie. Like it makes me feel the most uncomfortable. She's the only person that shouldn't have had any damage done to her. And then she gets the worst damage. Matt, why did you pick this? Because I want to eventually pick part two one day. (laughs) I've got no good reason. (laughs) And it's, it's a ridiculous movie. It's an absurdist movie. Um, at all in any in any sense here i mean really if there's one director that i genuinely believe we will have watched every single film of before the end of our movie night it's it's this guy most i don't think we'll watch all hannah lauder stuff we will never watch bad biology probably okay so but still it's very possible for us to do since he's only got like six movies under his title well no no he's got a lot more than that but they're all fucking poor yeah. Like he did a he did oh no or I always get him confused with Wynorski, which we talked about last week. Um yeah. right? No, he uh yeah, he no, he uh at least according to IMDB, unless he used another ni- name, he has only done those six movies. Well, that's funny because he really just focused on garbage and um didn't it's not like he was like, Oh, I have to wait for my masterpiece. It's just like eh, I don't really feel like making a pile of shit this year. I guess I'll wait till next year. So anyway, we won't watch – we probably won't watch all Hannah Lauder pieces but uh, because Bad Biology is pretty unwatchable. I mean even for a Hannah Lauder. But um, yeah, we can watch Basket Case 2. I wouldn't want to watch Basket Case 3, but that's, again, your call, buddy. You're the brains behind the operation. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have anything else to throw in for Basket Case besides that I do kind of recommend it for – for being a schlocky, low-budget 80s film. If you're into, like, schlocky, low-budget 80s films that don't take themselves seriously, then Basket Case is probably right up your alley, because it certainly is for me. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. What did you watch this week, Scott? Okay, so... um... Now that it's fall, we're back to a lot of the um, shows that I watched last season. Uh, last week I mentioned Scream Queens. Um, still watching it. Still great. It seems to be getting better every episode. Um, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. is just killing it. Um, I know I mentioned that like recently on the, uh, the Facebook group that, I, that Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4 is just pretty much top-notch. Um, started watching Luke Cage. With Megan, because uh, she will watch those. She'll watch the Netflix um, Marvel series. Well, she'll watch most of them with me, um, but she really can't be bothered to watch most of the CW ones. 
Well, because Arrow is admittedly garbage. Uh, we watched, we did watch all of season one of Legends of Tomorrow together until the last two episodes, and then she was busy with something else, and she was like, you can watch it, I don't really need to know what happens. Um, and then she watches all of The Flash with me, but she doesn't really have any interest in Supergirl, and um, I think that there was something else that, that they do that we don't watch, but in any case, um, yeah, like, uh, Shield, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is really good, Luke Cage is is up there really good and it's got some great social commentary you know that tickles my jubblies so uh uh so it's, it was pretty good week in that sense and then i watched i know i talked about our last episode about shutter i had a misstep already i watched <laughs> i scott rogered a um a found footage film which is quite possibly the worst found footage film i've ever seen and i've actually slogged through quite a few of them you, you, you picked St. Francisville Experiment indirectly. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so it's worse than that? Oh, my God. Dude, you have no idea. Okay, what did you watch? I haven't even told you what it's called. I don't want to. Uh, it's called Crow's Nest, and it was it came out like last year, which it, it boggles my mind that they'd still be making found footage films where nothing happens. Like, there was no CGI. Uh, there was nothing. Nothing happened. It was basically kind of like The Hills Have Eyes. But these really awful people that you could not give less of a shit about and then get killed by some people in a, a camper that I don't I, – I, like I said, I did fast forward through quite a bit of the talking because found footage movies don't have a plot. They don't have a script. So what's the point of even listening to it? Like so that you can be as on edge and annoyed as the people that are getting yelled at? I guess if you're 14, that's cool. But no, I mean it, it was it was bad, and like there was nothing happened, and then at the end everybody dies because of course that's got to be the gotcha, you know, at the end of every stupid found footage movie. But in that same breath, I want to mention that Blair Witch, which is the uh, remake slash continuation like sequel to the Blair Witch Project, it's I don't know if it's in theater still. I'm waiting for it to come out on um, video on demand because uh, I, I, I know Megan won't go to the movie theater to watch that with me because I'm sure there are going to be jump scares and stuff. But I heard good things about it, and I'm actually pretty interested to watch it. It's a found footage film, so well, I have know, low expectations. You know who made it, right? No. It's from the writer and director of uh, Your Next. Oh, then it's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah. Well, they posted – so those guys – because it's a duo that does everything – they posted a thing uh, that made me laugh where the one guy posted on Facebook uh, the week that it came out, posted, so the movie may have been a box office bomb, but we did get universally panned reviews as well, so we've got that going for us. <laughs> and then the co-writer responded to him and said, I told you, we should have went with that movie where Tom Hanks is just abandoned in the ocean for two hours. <laughs> um, so I like that they have a sense of humor about the movie's kind of failure that it that it was in the box office. Uh, but yeah, I, I plan to see it eventually. I don't have like the highest expectations, but I do love those guys, so I'm hoping to be at least slightly pleasantly surprised. So I watched, rewatched, uh, Shocker. Dude, why did you rewatch that? We're probably gonna pick somebody pick that movie. Oh my god, <sighs> this movie, dude. I I remember I disliked it previously but i didn't remember 
how much I could dislike a movie. Uh, and I own it. I bought this shit on D- on Blu-ray. Um, two commentary tracks on here, some interviews, the uh, a, a documentaries based on just the music from the movie. Uh, so, How much time did you dedicate to that? Oh, I only watched the movie just now. I didn't even watch any of the bonus features yet. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, I, I thought I, I thought that you were saying, like, I watched all of that. I was like, damn. I mean, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't have that kind of wherewithal. No, I just popped it in because I was like, oh, shit, I bought this when there was, like, a big sale on, on Scream Factory Blu-rays, uh, like, a couple months ago, and I never got around to watching it. So I popped it on as something to just, like, have on to kill some time. And I was like, man, this movie takes forever to get going. <laughs> like... Like the, it does, but it's worth it. It's just so wacky. There's that fight when they're inside the television, just going channel <laughs> to channel. Like it is so wacky, but the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. Well, okay. I've only seen that movie twice, so so maybe I'm remembering it a little bit better than it is. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I I also love movies, horror movies with with metal soundtracks. So I mean. I apologize if I'm blowing it out of proportion. Well, I mean, Megadeth's version of No More Mr. Nice Guy is pretty badass, is all I'm going to say. Uh, yeah. So that that was all I watched this week. Um, That's all you'd have to watch, man. That's a good week. <laughs> so that was Basket Case from 1982. Uh, I'm Matt. Scott's on the line. Adam will be back next week, hopefully. And we will be discussing a little bonus episode because – Motherfuckers, next week we're getting into Halloween time. That is right. This is like our Christmas. It's almost as good as Christmas. So It's better than Christmas because you get to dress up like a perv and you don't get in trouble. So last year I forced you guys to watch Spaced Invaders, which, uh, <laughs> which didn't go well for me. Um, but I'm, I'm being hopeful that uh, this, this year we all kind of agreed on one movie, so... You know, hopefully I won't get as berated as I did last year. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, to seeing how that goes. But real quick, I just want to remind you guys, rate and review, subscribe, follow us on Twitter. And if you haven't yet, go and donate to our Patreon. We are already working super hard on trying to make sure that we get plenty of great content for you. Literally, immediately after recording last week's episode, I went out and did some more thrift shopping, found a few cool things that uh, we will be sending out. Maybe a, uh, you know, some lucky person who signed up for the packages might have a, a DVD copy of 13 Ghosts in their futures. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to sign up for the Patreon so I can get that. <laughs> so definitely hit us up. We love talking to you guys. Thank you for keeping everything active on on the Facebook pages and all the other social media stuff. You guys make us feel like we're important. So thank you. Have a great week. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. 
Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 